Hey there, I'm Lindsay Zarniak, and this is Players, conversations with country music artists about their interest in sports. And I am so excited to bring you this episode because it was so much fun to be in a room with these two guys. And this is the first time on this podcast that I've been able to sit down an artist with an athlete in the same room. And what I saw come out of that room, it was magic to be in that conversation because there was so much that these two gentlemen had in common. It was Chris Lane and Thomas Davis. Chris Lane, country star on the rise. One of his hits, I Don't Know About You. It's a phenomenal song. I love it. He's going to be on tour starting in March with Dan and Shay, but he's also joining Brad Paisley's tour, opening for him for his summer tour. Thomas Davis is the Panthers linebacker, and he is a pro bowler. He's played in two Super Bowls. One of them, his arm was barely attached to his body, and he tells that story. It was phenomenally interesting. But um, Thomas Davis now finds himself in an interesting position because he is a free agent in the NFL, and I appreciate his honesty when talking about that situation because it was one he did not expect. But what I found here is these two, they're friends. They've known each other. I didn't know just how deep their bond was. What I did know was that Thomas Davis posts stuff on Instagram of his interest in you know liking Chris Lane, and he's even sung his songs there when he's been with his family on vacation, and then he posts them. Chris Lane, though, is a diehard Carolina Panthers fan. So when he walked in the room and Thomas Davis was there, I thought for a moment that he might pass out. And it was such an awesome reaction because when I go in there, I think, okay, Chris Lane, superstar, you know, and to see him geek out over somebody like that, it was really fascinating and it was eye-opening. And the stories that these two shared, you have to hear uh, from the fact that they both have, they have five ACL surgeries between them, which I think is insane. Also, the fact that sports was really at the start of both of their careers before Chris Lane took a pivot to music. Um, so many fun things to talk about. So many times that we were laughing until we could barely breathe. But also, you know, I appreciate them both getting very candid. Chris Lane talking about, you know, some of the things that he has uh, realized through his career in music. And Thomas Davis talking about how this is the most potentially depressing, turned, motivating experience he's ever been in as an NFL player. Because for the first time he goes into free agency, he does not know where he will end up. And he feels a little bit slighted by the Carolina Panthers. So I hope you enjoy this honesty and the fun conversation we had as much as I did. I'm beginning this one with Chris Lane describing how these two met one another in the first place. I hope you enjoy. We first actually met randomly. um, I was in Greenville, South Carolina, playing in a golf tournament, like the BMW, I think that's what it was. And uh, I think we had been talking back and forth through through, uh, Instagram a little bit. And he had a golf tournament for his charity Mm -hmm. uh, that he was doing on that Sunday. And I randomly was available. And I think I may have just asked if I could come be a part of it. And he and was I like, thought yeah. he was joking. <laughs> Why like, man, he was joking? like, yeah, for sure. Come on out. Come join us. And sure enough, he showed up. Yeah. So I show up on my tour bus because oh I had it in Greenville. And, you know, Greenville to Charlotte's not that far of a drive. Uh, I just hopped on it and uh, showed up. I would be embarrassed if he knew how excited I actually was to get off that bus that morning. <laughs> Give Brand- me a little taste. Brand- what? Well, Br- How? Brand- Brandon was was uh, on there with me, and it was just my bus driver as well. So we park there. I wake up in the morning. Um, I look outside the uh, the bus window, and I see him out there. He, did you you come riding up in a big old big, black truck? Yep, yep. Got my big Ford truck. Yeah, 
and uh he hops out and it's like it's not every day that you get to see one of your favorite players ever like just there you know what i mean and i'm i mean i'm a nobody i'm just stepping off my bus and i'm i'm hey i'm like i wonder if he would get mad if i asked for a picture all that kind of stuff i just didn't want lane i didn't want to be that guy (laughs) i didn't want to be that guy so uh i think our first interaction he's on the uh uh driving range yep and i walk out there for the first time and that's golf balls that was my uh first time meeting him in that moment and i can't tell you how nervous i was (laughs) okay so wait set the table a little bit so you were a huge panthers fan right but it sounds like you were really a thomas davis fan a td yes huge td fan huge how did that come to be i mean have you seen him play yes (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what i want to do at, at uh I probably don't actually want to do this, but I, I think I've said this to I him. Still, at, you did. I I've said this to him at one point. I actually want to put on pads, and I want to video this. I want to put on pads. I want to take a hand off, and I want to see if I can actually live through a hit. Okay. <laughs> I actually think you, you might have to that. delay your flight you because we that. might you need to make that, that happen. You told me that. That would be – okay, so wait. So when Chris Lane asks you if he can come to – to be a part of that, what's going through your mind? Like I, I, I honestly thought that he was he was joking. Like he was just being nice, you know. Hey, I'm you know I'm close in town. If I can make it, you know, one of those things you get people that say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he followed through, man. He, I mean, the more and more we text and talked about it, I'm like, okay, he, he's kind of serious. So I tell my wife and I tell my daughter, who's a huge music fan, she loves music. Um, so I end up telling them and they get excited and you know sure enough the next day Chris is there were you a country music fan I was um, I wasn't a huge country music fan at the time but then I started listening more and more to Chris's music and I'm like man I, I like this stuff yeah. so Kelly so I, we would get in the car and I'm playing and Kelly was like you like that I'm like yeah I love it <laughs> it sounds great so I mean and I've been listening to it ever since I like he knows it. I've been listening to it, posting it. Uh, we go on vacation. I have this thing called a Wiz Pack that plays music, and everywhere we go, we bumping Chris Lane. I will say the video of him uh, singing. I don't know about you on Instagram, where were you at? Right? Hurts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I put it on Instagram, but he has no clue like how cool that was for me to be able to watch and then repost on my uh, really Instagram. It was cool. I thought... Yeah, so many of my friends were like, dude, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. Uh, Also, from that day, from the golf day, I have uh, a third place little trophy. (laughs) A little third place trophy of my team. uh, But he signed it, and I have it sitting in my room on top of my dresser right now. Have you seen this guy play golf, though? No, but I have the idea that he's, he's a pretty legit. good golfer. Oh, he's is legit. that true? I'm he's pretty legit. good till I step out the cart. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he, he's legit. Don't let him fool you. He's legit. I do. I I really do love golf. It's like a there's football, but then there's golf. If I could mm-hmm. choose to do anything, I would have wanted to play football. But now, later in my life, I realize you mean professionally. Yeah. Really. I mean. Obviously, I would would not have been good enough. In my mind, at the moment, I felt like I could probably go out there and do it. But I also, 
I know he's had three ACL reconstructions. I've also had two ACL reconstructions. I was going to ask you guys because I was reading that and I'm like, okay, so between you, five. But get this, my my dad, to this day, honestly, thanks. I have an identical twin brother. Mm-hmm. Who plays who in your play, band. Yeah, right. he plays in my band. He plays drums, but he played quarterback. I played receiver. And in high school, we just had like that little twin connection. Um, and we were always blessed and lucky that we were – pretty decent at sports now we moved on and played college baseball but to this day i'm not joking when i say this my dad honestly thinks that my brother and i could go out there and play for the panthers and i'm like dad what the heck are you talking about do you know what somebody like thomas davis would do to me he'd be like chris are y'all played against this kind of caliber in high school <laughs> i like it though dad, like, hey, dad talking about. that's a good dad yeah, you yeah know? No, he, he thinks that we can do anything <laughs> I mean, and here's a guy who, uh, you playing in the Super Bowl, what did you, I mean, right? Your arm was yes. basically I, not you know, attached. It, it's, that's the biggest game, that was the biggest game of my career to that point. And, you know, to, to break your arm in the NFC Championship game is heartbreaking, you know, to, to think that there's a possibility that you might not play. But when you go in, you get the x-rays and the doctors tell you that, okay, if we do surgery at six in the morning, there could be a chance that that you can play, but it's probably going to come down to a pain tolerance. Oh my god! It's the Super Bowl. Who cares? <laughs> so once I heard that, I knew for a fact that I was going to play in the game. It was just all about. Oh my gosh! Working to get my hand strength and the grip strength back in my hand, and that's what we worked on all week. Um, you get two weeks in between NFC Championship and, and Super Bowl, so I, I was able to play. So wait, so pain, okay, the pain, talking about tolerance on a scale of one to 10, what was it when you're out there? I, I wasn't even thinking about that arm. I didn't feel it. It was like, it's go time. Let's try to win the Super Bowl. We've never done it before. Let's get it back to the Carolinas, but unfortunately it didn't happen. Have you ever had to but play? But I played through? every snap though. I did play every snap. Yeah, like I specifically remember that and, and was mind blown that he could actually go out there. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know how I don't do well with pain. <laughs> and to know I was going to put you on the spot. And to know what uh, he was going through in that moment, the fact that he actually went out there and played in that game and played the whole game is literally insane to me. And I will say as a grown man, I'm a diehard Panther fan enough that i mean brandon was a part of this as well my brother was a part of this but we had a big super bowl party that night at my house and as a grown man there was i think there was a video surfacing around of me laying in my floor crying (laughs) (laughs) as the game unfolded (laughs) yeah we all felt i was there i know i remember people because we were we were I mean, I'm pretty crazy when I watch a game. I mean, I, I get heated. I'm excited. We're just, I mean, most people will not come watch a game with us because we get a little too crazy. And that specific night, we had a lot of people over at our house, and I watched people trickle out little by little throughout the game because they couldn't, like, handle the craziness. <laughs> but are you, like, is it craziness in your zone? Like, you don't really, like, no one else is there. You're just, like, oh, in yeah, your nobody. own, right? Nobody else is there. And in fact, this year, I went to the first game because of him. And uh, I I specifically remember probably Brandon and my brother and myself, it was all three of us. 
I, I felt like we kind of like scared the people around us because we were losing our minds so much. <laughs> those are the kind of fans that you love, though. It, you right? Love those. They just you keep love coming those back. Fans. Absolutely. Have you ever? Have you had to? play through something or deal with something that for you like obviously it's apples to oranges but that's comparable in your world right or have you you know like playing through an injury in a, in a big game is that something that you've dealt with I mean I know on the sports side probably because you said the ACL is right but what about in music um, in music I mean as far as injury goes no but um, I mean it's not really comparable but I mean there's times that I have to take the stage when I don't have a voice and that's mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, you hope that people understand, but you also feel a little embarrassed because people paid so much money to come enjoy the night. And then you're like, I can't even take the stage. But 99% of the time, there's nothing you can do about it. Like sometimes allergies take over. And Mm -hmm. for me, I get them pretty bad. And it basically just takes my voice away. So it's not comparable, but. Right, um, but it's similar type of. Yeah, yeah. But I'm. Fatigue, exhaust. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure you deal with all. Yeah, of that well, as yeah, well. yeah. Like when when you're on, yeah, when you're on the road and you're traveling that much, for sure. I mean, yeah. that definitely plays a role in it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's 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 comparable to me when you think about it from what you have to do. And also sports. I mean, that's like that was such a part of your life too, Chris. Like before, right? Because it was an injury that kind of got you focused big time on music. Is that true? Yeah. Well, it was uh, two ACL reconstructions. Then I tore my meniscus. Then I. Uh, tore my rotator cuff and labrum. It was always something, but I was always able to work through it and make it back for the season. I always, well, I say the two ACL reconstructions happened during uh, football season, but then, uh, but then the other stuff kind of happened during baseball season. So I was able to kind of work through the fall and then make it back for the spring for the games and stuff like that. So I was able to play all four years of of my career. Um, without having to sit out because of injury, except for junior year of high school is when I tore my ACL for the first time, and then senior year of high school is when I tore my ACL for the second time. Golly. How about you? What kind of impact has music had on your life if we're talking about sports impacting you guys? but So I think I think from a, from a musical standpoint, for us players, we always feel like we, we are talented in, in many ways. But for me, I know musically – I'm not very talented. Well, hey, but, we heard it. We heard him singing on the video. Yeah, what was your, what did you think of that, Chris? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was actually really well, good. Well, he's got all of his all of his uh his daughter Sky. Yeah, my daughter she she's is a, unbelievable singer. Oh, really? A, she's a huge music fan. Like we we even put a little studio in our house for her, for her to try to practice and work on that. So, oh, wow. that's really um where music really takes over in my household between her and my wife they both think that you know they're the next beyonce (laughs) (laughs) you are a lucky man you are a lucky man (laughs) that's amazing so when on the field how do you use it to pump you up before i actually i've always found it interesting because cam i read that cam listens to several different genres before each game and I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't know how true that is, but I found that really interesting. I, uh, he does that before and after the game. I think we all do it, though. We In sports, you always try to find something or some way to motivate you. So it's always finding your favorite song, your favorite music, whatever it is to get you going. We always use that. So um, for me, my, my playlist is so versatile. Like it, it's so many different um, genres of music and 
um, so many different feelings and emotions that I go through before every game. So, do you switch it up before every game, or is it the same? It's, it's usually the same. Or I'll add a song here or there, just based on you know new stuff that I've that I've come to like. So, I mean, if it's something that just came out and I think it's trendy, if it's if it's something that's going to get me going, then I'm adding it to the playlist. Or if it's something that I've been listening to too long, then I'll take it out. You have, is it a superstition or do you have superstition before? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely have superstitions. There, there's, there's this one song by Pastor Troy, um, vice versa, that I've listened to That's since. That's the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but really, really like late 90s. Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been listening to that since college. Like really before every game. Never, never played a game without listening to it. Oh, that's cool. I remember hearing that song grow up when I was growing up. Yeah. All the time. And they they play it in the stadium for me now, too. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What about you? What's your um, routine or superstitious pre-show or superstition pre-show? Or did you have one when you were playing? Yeah, it was. I mean, I always listen to music. But um, Mm -hmm. for me now, when I'm getting ready for a show, um, it kind of changes from day to day because I never know what my schedule like sometimes I have to do a bunch of radio stuff whatever it may be but um, most of the time the hour leading up right after meet and greet I'll have like an hour between meet and greet and taking the stage and I usually spend that time just listening to music and actually the way I listen to the music is I watch old music videos on uh, what are they like the little apple box what do, what do they call that like the um Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, Apple TV. Apple sorry, TV. Sorry, no, no. Um, like but we'll watch, <laughs> we'll watch old uh, music like videos. Like MTV type videos. Well, it's like, especially just music videos. So okay. Based, and, and it's usually all from uh, like the early 2000s, like when I was growing up in high school. So like Jagged Edge and uh, good Lord, like Backstreet, I can name, I can like, literally name a million of them, but yeah. we all watch those and it's like, just a good reminiscing moment but we tend to do that every night before we take the stage and it just gets me pumped up why is it the 2000s that get you pumped up like that early I, don't know, 2000s. I feel like that's you know what's crazy because you said that about the 90s td whenever i get in my husband's car it's on that 90s channel yeah. and it's because it takes him for some reason back to like whatever <laughs> do you know what i mean like just so like yeah reminiscing right um nostalgia yeah music is just I don't know. I absolutely love it. Like, I also listen to the same Kenny Chesney uh, record. Like, I think I had like almost 200 hours of listening to the same record all of last year, which is absolutely insane. I almost listen to it every day, but I just put it on when I'm getting ready. But mm-hmm. when I'm getting ready for a show, I like a little more upbeat stuff. So that's why I go to the 2000s hip hop and uh, it kind of it just gets me pumped. So what's it like then? having that kind of connection to music and having the chance to go out there and make the music video, you know, and, and do that like you just did. And you, the acting, by the way, I thought was great in the beginning and the end. Of- <laughs> <laughs> See, I, fe- I kind of felt, uh, I don't know and, about you. It's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I kind of felt like in the music video, that was my first time ever acting. And I'm, I'm a horrible actor mainly because I laugh so much and I'm never really that serious. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things. It was my first time uh, watching it back. It makes me laugh because I don't know. I just know that I'm not a good actor. 
and the fact that I was trying to act is just funny to me. No, well, I thought well, for, I also love the ending. You know, I love the way you oh, brought yeah, it back, twist. and it's like, oh yeah, Olivia. Um, <laughs> no, I thought it was great, but I, that makes me think because I love that song, and Thank you. you're welcome. And and hearing it and then seeing that video, man, it reminds me of like my old days watching MTV. You know, MTV growing up watching TRL. Yep. yep. <laughs> TRL. You remember that, DD? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think that's why you kind of go back and gravitate towards the the 2000 era because videos were more more prevalent back then. Yeah. When you look at now, you have to like YouTube a video mm-hmm. or it's, it don't just come on TV. So it's you, you don't I mean yeah yeah that's true that's true. That. Video, videos definitely aren't as prominent as they used to be. Right. But um, I guess with YouTube and like social media and all that kind of stuff, I mean. There are a lot of eyes that do, like, a lot of people get on YouTube. Oh, no question. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's kind of one of those. Um, but, yeah, back, those used to be the good old days, that's for sure. Yeah. What's it like sure. shooting a music video? A long, long day. <laughs> There's not a whole lot that's actually fun about it other than when you finish and you know that you're going to get a product to go with the song. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, it's just a long, drawn-out day. You're just sitting there waiting to do the... Uh, whatever shot you're getting asked to do is it like um, a lot of sitting around is it it does it give you the same high at times as performing because you're performing or no not even close not even close um yeah forever performing is going to always be my favorite thing i mean just like for him Mm -hmm. i know right at kickoff just that feeling of and and even right after winning a game a big game whatever it is um the high that you get from that is is not matched by anything. And for me, walking on stage and singing and hearing the crowd go crazy and then singing songs back that, you know, you've recorded on your record and songs that you've written, all that kind of stuff, is uh, it actually does not get better than that. Golly. that I think that's really interesting. And but, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. not to cut you off, but no, for no, no. me, I know what it felt like in high school but to be on the level at the biggest level and and I can just talk about the Super Bowl at this point but to walk out there and know that you're walking into that game I just would die to know what that actually felt like I want to mm. feel that I promise you that it's probably the same feeling that you get every time you take the stage yeah like it, it it's just one of those feelings like it's it's almost like a, I, I, like a euphoria type, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's just is, like just out of body, that, like right? Like an out of body, out of body experience that you really, it's something that you can't recreate. Yeah, but you get to do it over and over <laughs> and over again. But like for us, I mean, just, just we we play games. Like okay, we it's it's just, it's a oh sorry, that's okay. It's a it's a regular game. Like we you know we you have a regular season game, and you have a playoff game, but. I mean the Super Bowl. Like, think about just being able to go out and 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 just do what you do, day in and day out. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't equate that to being like a regular season game for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, just, you have so many different people that are always showing up. Yeah, that's, that's really true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But you also have, I mean, at the end of the day, I have thousands of people coming to the shows, but. You have millions of eyes on you. I mean, think about how yeah. many people are in that stadium. Think about how many people are actually watching at home. So 
Yeah, 100%. I would die to know what that felt like to take that, to take the field and just go out there like, and just be a part of that. It's funny because as a fan, I mean, I'm a psychopath. I'll but as you're saying it. that, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about you passing out on your floor, right? Watching the Super Bowl. And then I'm thinking about people that probably do the same thing at your shows. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's <laughs> yeah. such an interesting conversation to right. me. And then I, I was also wondering, I've always wondered this. Is it when you win that conference championship game to get to the Super Bowl? What is that feeling like compared to playing in the Super Bowl? Because I've always just wondered, at, you know, that high of just getting to that Super Bowl, I think maybe for some would have to be like the pinnacle, right? Because you've made it. Yes. I don't. So for me, I, I played in the NFC Championship game twice. Um, my rookie year and then obviously the year we made it to the Super Bowl. But a, as a young kid, I didn't really fully embrace that that time or that moment that we had because I, I was a rookie. So I'm thinking like, you know, I'm I, I got drafted to a good team. We're going to be back here next year. And lo and behold, it took us 11 years to get back to that point. So once you really are able to get back to that point and you knew what it took to actually work to get there. I mean, I was just a rookie, like I said, the first go around. So I didn't really have to do a whole lot of work. We had a lot of established veterans on the team at the time. But once you have to work and you earn the right to be in that game, um, you know, I had a ton of mixed emotions because – I, in my mind, felt like I was going to be able to play, but there was still some doubt and some uncertainty after sitting out all this time and working and working and working and trying to get there and the possibility of not being able to play. I mean, it was, it was devastating, but I was excited because I knew that if there was any way possible, I was going to do it. So um, it it was a roller coaster of emotions, but it, it's something that I wouldn't change for the world. And then for you, your journey from sports to then really making it as a star in this industry, in country music, what is that like? It's interesting. It's, it's kind of weird because my mindset was I was going to play baseball professionally. I'd worked my whole life, much like he worked his whole life to become a professional football player. It didn't work out for me that way. Um, I kind of felt like in that moment as I was nearing my the end of my college career, and I and I actually had a pretty decent college career. My brother and I uh, both finished pretty even with each other. He ended up getting drafted to go play but decided not to. Um, I did not get drafted to go play. I had so many surgeries at that point. I felt like people were probably looking, saying, ah, let's not waste our money, like, on someone who's been hurt so many times and has a chance to keep getting hurt. Um, so I kind of started realizing at the towards the end of the season that it probably wasn't going to happen for me, and I was really bummed out uh, in that moment because I'd worked for that my entire life. And, of course, when my brother decided not to go play, my dad was – he was not happy because he had pushed – I mean, he pushed both of us our entire life, like, as hard as he could. And I appreciate that, the fact that he did that and that he worked with us so much. And um, it was one of those moments that I sat down uh, or I graduated college, moved back to Kernersville, North Carolina, um, and I went to UNC Charlotte. They're in Charlotte. But uh, I graduated, moved back home to Kernersville, started helping my dad with his landscaping business. Like, I did not like that kind of work. But 
I was pretty decent at it. Like I know how to stripe up a yard real good. <laughs> and then uh and then at that point I started learning how to play the guitar just for fun, not ever thinking that this would be a career for me, but uh, once I got good enough at that, I started trying to figure out how to sing and play at the same time. Worked as hard as I could at that, started getting shows, and long story short, it is crazy how it worked out. Why? I mean, the Lord knew that he had a much different plan than I expected and that I ever knew, but um, I feel like it's uh, a perfect example of when you think your dreams are too far out of reach, you <laughs> never know. Honestly, I went from landscaping to being a country artist, and it's crazy. That is crazy. That's funny, and I, I was that just made me laugh because we were talking to I was talking to Kane Brown, and he said he was working in FedEx, and then all of his oh, stuff started. Really? And his situation was so unique just because of the social media play behind, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and mm-hmm. how that all happened. But I love stories like that, and I think that's so true. So when you went back to the landscaping, what was your mindset like? Were you were you good or were you frustrated because of the, um, because of closing the door on sports, or what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I was bummed out, I was frustrated, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I have I knew I would somehow figure something out. I didn't mm-hmm. think I was going to be doing landscaping forever, but um, I didn't know exactly what I would do, but, you know, I did a lot of praying, and um, that always helps. And I kind of felt just at ease, whatever was mm-hmm. meant to happen is going to happen, and um, no matter what, I'm going to work as hard as I can at anything that I do, and luckily the music thing just happened and i'm blessed and so thankful for that and now it's led me to uh this interview where i'm sitting on a couch with one of my favorite football players ever doing an interview like that don't even make sense to me if i could go back and tell myself crazy that 10 years ago i would have laughed in my own face but here we are (laughs) (laughs) what about you td i know what is what is all of that like for you? I mean, your story, I know, you know, high draft pick coming out. It, it's, I mean, it's eerily similar, to be honest with you. Really? When you think you about. You grew up in Georgia? Yeah, I grew up in Georgia. Um, high school, um, small high school. Didn't have a lot of scholarship offers. Um, I had one Division One offer, and I, I had Georgia and Grambling. Those were my two options on signing day. So I told I tell the story. I'm like I was gonna wear the G regardless. It was gonna be one of those schools, <laughs> but it, it's kind of crazy how it came about. So I was, I mean, I had a coach, my defensive coordinator. You know, Georgia had just hired a new staff. Coach Rick had just come in, and um, those guys came in, and he was actually going to recruit and visit another kid in the in the in the town next next to us, and you know he's. They kept one coach over from the previous staff that was recruiting me, and they told him, you know, go to Randolph Clay and check out this kid. So they stopped in. He stopped in, and he was actually going to talk to my coach and ask questions about me, but we were practicing basketball at the time. So none of us in the gym, we didn't we didn't know who the guy was. They had just come in, and, um, you know, he watched us practice, the whole practice. And then after that practice, they called me up, and they was like, this is the coach from Georgia, Brian Van Gorder. Um he wants to talk to you. He was like, I don't know where we will play you at. I want to offer you a scholarship to come play for us at Georgia. So I tell kids this story. I mean, it just it's crazy how how intentional I think God is. Like 
What if I had made a decision that day to skip out on practice? What if I was being lazy? What if I didn't do the things that I was accustomed to doing? You know, just working hard and and, and just showing up and doing um, what's asked of me. Like that opportunity never presents itself. I never go to Georgia. I'm never sitting here with Chris Lane doing this interview. Like it, none of that stuff ever happens. Like, so I tell kids, I mean, I, I talk to kids all the time because I know that there are a ton of kids that are growing up like I grew up as a young kid. So I talk to them about, you know, having integrity, always doing the right things because it's the right thing to do, not because someone is watching you. That's so weird our people that are listening I, I there's this sign in this room where we're taping this and it says the right things the right people the right reasons and, and i noticed I it when i came I in here i didn't even see that it's so, so crazy. crazy yeah sorry i digress go ahead so so yeah you know and just and just being you know accepting that scholarship offer um which was a huge challenge for me because i'm leaving a, a, a city that has a population of a thousand people my hometown no street lights we don't even have a cop we don't even have cops in our in our town right now. So I go to a university that has thirty to forty thousand kids. I'm one of the last guys given a scholarship, and you know some doubts start to creep in your mind. Like, do I really deserve to be here? Am I supposed to be here? Um, you know, instantly that that goes away once you get there. And I'm like, now I'm here. I refuse to let anybody, any five star recruit, any um, any guy that everybody was fighting over, I refused to let any of those guys outwork me. That was the mindset. I took that mindset as a young kid. And I always said that, you know, I'm, I'm never going to end up having to move back home by, by force. You know, if it's something that I decide that one day I want to go back and live in Shelman, Georgia, it's going to be by choice and it's going to be because I want to do something that's going to make a difference down there. So I went from being the last guy given a scholarship to the first guy being drafted out of all the 32 guys that were brought in that year. I mean, it, and I it, I talk about it. It doesn't happen by chance. You know, you got to put the work in. You got to um, you got to make up your mind. You got to tell yourself that that you're going to do something. And you got to stick to it. So, I mean, it all worked out. That is awesome. And then, as a Panther fan, yep, we draft my man and. Uh, <laughs> he's he's literally, if not the best, one of the best linebackers that the NFL has ever seen, mm-hmm. ever, out of all the years that it took the some NFL work to has get existed. There. Took some work to get there. I, I mean, I, when, you, when you come in and you start out at the safety position, I was a safety coming out of college. So Were you really? Yeah, I was a safety. I got drafted to Carolina as a safety. I played safety my first year. I had never played linebacker. So now... You're moving into a new position in your second year, and now you're closer to the line of scrimmage. And I'm like 225, 227. Now I got to take on linemen. So I had I had to get used to playing that position. And, you know, um, I've been blessed to be around some some amazing guys throughout my career. You know, I had John Beeson playing next to me um, for a long time. And then after Beast kind of left and went to another team, after they traded him, I got Luke Keekley next to me. So, I mean – I mean, God has has been amazing to me to place so many good people around me to continue to push and motivate me. And, um, you know, hopefully I've been able to do the same for a lot of people over the years. What was it like when you got to the NFL? What was what was surprising about it for you? You know, I think for me, really the speed of the game. 
like you hear about it and it's one thing to hear people talk about it but once you are actually in it and you're experiencing it and you have guys like Julius Peppers able to run a, a 4-4 a 4-5 at, at 6-7 290 Three hundred pounds, like, and I like, say the same thing about of. him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a big guy and can fly. I consider myself to be fast my whole life, but I guarantee you, he could beat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's crazy how that up. dynamic works. Like you, you, you always all you all you know is what you see, and then you see something different, and it's like, okay, now I have to adjust. If I don't adjust, then I'm gonna I'm gonna end up out of the league. You know, you end the, the average NFL career is two and a half, three years. That always blows my mind. It's crazy to think about I that. Know. You work all of those years. You know, you have guys that that start early and 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 pop Warner, Pee Wee, and, and and work their way all the way up just to have an opportunity to play in the NFL to play for two. And that's seriously and still years. the average. Oh, that's I it. mean, that isn't it's that not, it's insane? never gonna change that's because insane. you have you have so many guys that are that are really like on the back. And that you know they come in, they they barely make the team, and mm-hmm. and and now they're just there for a couple of years. I mean, the the number of those guys are if it far outweighs the number of guys that are able to play five, ten, fifteen years. So that's what? why your averages are like that. I have a question for you, just something that I'm wondering about. Do guys are there some guys in the league that will never make make the team? like be there on Sundays, but they make their living being a practice squad guy their whole career or Absolutely. whole football career. Absolutely. You have guys that, that I mean, they, they they have a cap on the number of years that you can be on the practice squad. Oh, okay, I got you. So, I, I mean, a lot of those guys usually, some of them work their way up, but you have guys that, that never get an opportunity to play in the NFL game, so – that's interesting. It's unfortunate is what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You think about it. You go through all of that. You go through the same stuff that we go through weekly um, and, and daily and to never have that opportunity, man. I mean, I, I actually feel bad for some of those guys. But at the same time, they, they're coming out with this this a- AAF. Yeah. League. Oh, so, yeah. The yeah. new league. You know, hopefully that'll create more exposure for some of those guys and give them opportunities to be able to, to possibly further their career. What is it that um, Chris Lane does that you would love to be able to take a turn at? Where, where do I begin? Do I do I start with the singing? Do I start with the golf? I say we, I I mean, say we should. I say we. Uh, at some point, I'm dying to get him. We should make it like the, a Charlotte show, but to get him out there and to bring him up on stage and give him a mic and well, let's just sing a song together. But it has nothing to do with like being good at singing it has everything to do with him walking out there and people losing their mind because it's him you know what it might not just be charlotte coming up soon though okay okay so and yeah. he just opened this door and oh. i'm so excited hey, look, look oh. it, it wasn't listen i know brandon is on the floor i don't even know <laughs> brandon i don't even know if i okay. should get started on this I, well so i but See, i think I, did you realize this is the first time in 14 years chris that he has been a free agent he has only been with one team only the carolina panthers i mean first of all that's a feat in itself yes. um just to set the table it was January 9th when you announced on Twitter, yes. right, that you would not be coming back, that the Carolina Panthers went in a different direction. And when I saw that, I immediately I was thinking, first of all, what that must have been like for you to sit down and devastate. Really? Yes. Devastating. Why? I think I think a large part of it it was 
is I was led to believe that I would be back like like all the way up until the last like we clean out we every year after the last game the next day you clean your lockers out you have your exit meetings um, you have your exit physicals everything I was told you're gonna be back you know we're excited about it um, we're looking forward to trying these new things we're gonna have all you guys out there and then a week week and a half later everything changed so I mean I was I was extremely disappointed hurt like because I've never ever wanted or thought about putting on another uniform after being that far into my career you know 14 years of, of being in the same place you know you you sort of um you sort of feel like content or you still not I don't, I don't want to say that I got complacent because I never allowed myself to get complacent I, I always felt like I had to work extremely hard year in and year out to to maintain and and continue to be able to do the things that I do but I got comfortable in knowing that you know I'm going to be in Carolina and when that opportunity changed now I have to have a decision that I have to make do I want to possibly put on another uniform or do I want to be forced into retirement and I didn't want to allow that to happen I didn't want to be forced into doing something that I wasn't ready to do because you had said the year prior that that was going to be your last season. Yes. Right. And then, unfortunately, I ran into a product that I had no clue had a substance in it. I get suspended for the first four games, and then our season ends up taking a turn for the worse. And as a competitor, like I said, I just refused to go out with the season that we had and the season that I had personally. So where are you going to play? A good question. Free agency starts soon, <laughs> so you know. You know, I sit and I talk about, you know, how much I have a, a passion to continue to play, but it's ultimately going to be up to a team whether they decide that, you know, we want to um, give him an opportunity. We feel that, you know, he did enough last year to show us that he still can play, and I feel like I did, but, you know, we always think highly of ourselves, um, but it's important to know that it has to be other people that continue to believe in you, and hopefully it'll be somebody that believes in me so I can show the Panthers that they made a huge mistake. So there is some of that. <laughs> oh, no question. That's a, if you're a competitor, you have to, it's going to be in you. You can't help it. Are you competitive? As a, as a fan, as a fan, I was distraught. Like, I was angry over the fact that of that news. I mean, yeah. and not only, like, it's not like I have, like, a, a real close personal um, relationship with him. You know, we're, we still – or getting to know each other uh, to a certain extent. But um, for someone to have spent their whole career in Carolina and to give us the seasons that he has given us and for him not to be able to stay there and to finish his career out there was mind-blowing to me. Because you're not going to put somebody else in that spot that's better, that's for sure. We're only going to go down in that spot. 100%. And, I mean, I know he's been through three uh, knee surgeries, but at the end of the day, I sit there and watch on Sundays, and I don't always agree with, and, I'll, and I'll, I won't go further than that, I don't agree with a lot of the guys that are out there on the defensive team. Like, there's a lot of people that I'm just like, 
there's got to be somebody better in that spot. But at the end of the day, he's literally one of the best linebackers to ever play the game. And for them not to bring him back, I think I'm going to have to pay some type of fine for the damage that I did in my house for the stuff that I was throwing. (laughs) When you found out? (laughs) How'd you find out? Social media? Yeah, yeah. Just through ESPN, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think Brandon actually was the... I woke Brandon, up. I woke red. up and uh, he was like, "You're not going to believe this." And oh, no. we were all just like, so taken back and so mad over it for, and I couldn't let it go. Like I wanted to get on all the Panther sites and just like <laughs> say as much stuff as I could. But then I thought, that's not, yeah, nah. no good's going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to change anything. But at the end of the day. You want them. You want like the organization to know how upset you are over that move. That's a horrible move. Were you? Um, what was your level of surprise like when you found out that day? And I don't know how that works there. I mean, is it a meeting? I mean, I, I was extremely surprised because, like I said, I was I was being told that I would be back. Um, you know, it just like business as usual like it was just um another normal going into another normal off season and you know you get ready and you try to make this next one your best one you know that's always the mindset that you that you take into the off season um when you when you truly love what you do and that's that's who I am that's who I've always been you know I love to go out and compete I love to play this game and um I just love to to be able to put on that uniform year in and year out and you know, to think that there's gonna come a time at some point this season where that's that's not gonna happen, man. Is is, I mean, it's still gonna be tough for me, but I'm I'm gonna always be a Carolina Panther regardless. Um, I'm gonna come back, and um, when it's all said and done, if I'm given that opportunity um, to continue to play, and I'm gonna re- retire as a Panther, you know, I'm it's it's not a situation where. I'm gonna hold a grudge or I'm gonna continue to be bitter because I understand that the nature of this thing is a business. You know, yes. people have jobs that they have to um, to carry out and sometimes tough decisions are made and this was a tough decision that I'm sure that they had to make or they felt they had to make and at the end of the day, we're gonna live with it and we're just gonna keep keep moving. And now you, yeah, now so you make the decision that you're going to keep moving and it probably just feels a little bit strange in the interim because oh, you, man. right? You're like, you don't know where that's going to end up. Yeah. Um, and as a fan, yeah, as a Panther fan, just in general, now we have to sit back and worry <laughs> about where the heck he's going to be at. And <laughs> right. I just, so selfishly, I pray, so I pray, I know selfishly he may want to go back and be somewhere near Georgia. So look, listen. But I will literally die if that I knew he was about to say that. So <laughs> so this is what happened. This is this is what happened and how all of that came about. The Super Bowl was in Atlanta. Yes. So obviously I'm down there, you know, I'm doing um different appearances and, you know, I had interviews and local media, they want to know, is there a chance that you can come back and play at home? Well, I'm I'm buying, I'm trying to get a job. I'm not gonna say, oh no, nah, there's no way I'm gonna come back and play in Atlanta. Like you don't want to limit yourself because what if Atlanta is the only team that that wants you to have an yeah, opportunity yeah. to play? I mean, you just you just can't do that. Not in this business. So I mean, yeah, okay, I don't really want to play it, but hey, I'll do it. 
So that's how that happened. That's how it happened. I would just suggest that you look long and hard at the team where your cousin is, which is in Washington, oh. which happens to be, that's my team. You know, his the cousin Redskins? plays there. Yeah, he's a wide receiver. Yeah, so that would, you know, could use some help. That's all I'm going to say, TD. What, does that mean, no? No. I mean, I listen, I, I just told you, I'm, I'm, <laughs> options are open, you know, I'm, hey, right. we'll be open for business soon. So we know your future is, um, is stocked with a lot of exciting things that you don't know. For you, you're going to be touring your face off. How excited are you for what's coming up? Yeah, really excited. Um, you know, I've been asked out on two tours this year. One, Dan and Shay, who's uh, one of the hottest groups right now coming up. Um, so I get to be a part of that tour's direct support, uh, which is a, a big step up in my career. And then in the summer, and direct I'm, support means the role right before the main act, right? Yeah, I'm for, sorry, I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, because I right, had to ask someone because right. I didn't know what that meant. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, and and the same thing with Brad Paisley. Now, when you go out on a bigger tour like that, playing the amphitheaters and stuff like that with a big artist who's been around for a long time, someone in my shoes, I feel like only being. I guess at the start of my fourth single on the radio um, is one of those things that I was actually like, hey, yes, I'm I'm super happy that I was asked in that spot. Um, but it is a lot of responsibility to step up that early in your career and to become the direct support act. There's a little pressure that comes with that, but I feel so confident uh, that I can step in in that role and um, make that huge step in my career and be a direct support guy right now. You know, and then in the fall, I'll go out um, on a Live Nation tour and uh, headline my own tour again. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be touring all year. It's going to be a busy year. And the cool part about this year, uh, last year I was home maybe 30 days the whole year. Like, wow. I was gone wow. a lot. Uh, this year, early earlier in the year for these first couple months um i've been home a lot um and i haven't had that yet in my career so it's allowed me a lot more time to write and to uh do things that i haven't had as much time to do before why is there more pressure um with direct support well you get a longer set um and at this point you have to assume that a majority of the people, when you have that many people at a show, I would say a majority of the people are going to know those four specific songs. You have to find a way in a 45-minute set to be more entertaining than just four songs. Um, I feel like I will definitely put together a good show, but um, it's pressure because you want to make sure you go out there and uh, and really get the crowd uh warmed up for him i mean that's that's what i'm that's what i'm getting paid to do and that's what i've been asked to do and and um getting the direct support slot is at this early in my career is a massive step up and i'm super excited to get that opportunity god uh what happens after you leave the stage in in that role as direct support like what do you you just kind of hang out like what yeah you hang out like for us we like to play lots of games um usually though you go out and you watch the rest of the show the rest of the show and enjoy it but um are you taking notes too because it's like or, i mean, I mean yeah, that you, might be a dumb question me, but you take mental notes like um you know somebody who's obviously been around that long and has had a career like that i mean they obviously do a lot of things that are right so yeah you just sit back you learn um 
what works and what you can do in your own way. Maybe you get ideas from just small little things. You never know. Can I just ask you the question that probably is going to sound like the most idiotic question you've ever heard? But I'm just, <laughs> I always wonder when I watch people, because I love going to shows and how do you remember every single lyric and you don't forget ever and you're just playing your songs and it's just, I mean, is there, is that really the most idiotic question you've ever heard or is there? Well, no. I mean, if you, if you have been to any show, you will learn that every night I will screw up lyrics to songs. (laughs) It always happens. And you just, at the end of the day, you, you just laugh it off. There's not, it's not, gonna make or break your show like but i guarantee people don't even know you know half the people definitely don't know yeah but but yeah it's one of those moments like you feel dumb in the moment but at the end of the day if you take a step back it's like it's not that big of a deal like it's like hockey when i watch hockey i'm like wow they're such great athletes oh yeah and by the way they're on ice do you know what i mean or it's like oh yeah you're up there and you're performing and oh yeah by the way you remember the whole set list and the whole right anyway maybe that's a bad analogy yeah and it's like anything i mean the more you get used to doing something uh the easier it is but yeah i mean you have nights where you're not on as on as you were other nights and i forget lyrics all the time but that ain't no big deal is what it is you just go up there and you you do the best you can and sometimes you're gonna mess up nobody's perfect Mm -hmm. in that moment you know what i mean you just have fun and hope that the people that paid their money to be there uh leave thinking wow that was a fun show i'd love to go see him again that's ultimately what you want. What's your Super Bowl? What would be your Super Bowl moment? Super Bowl moment. For me, as an artist, to grow, to have my career grow to the point to where I can play in a stadium. But the Super Bowl moment for me, one million percent would be to headline Carolina Panthers football stadium. Really? <laughs> I feel like that would be huge. I love it. I mean, to get to that point in your career to where you can headline a stadium, but go to the stadium that you've been a million times to watch football games, but now you're playing music in it and all those people are showing up for you would be the pinnacle. You know how you talked about st- stuff just happening exactly as it's supposed to? Cole Swindell tells a story about how he always wanted to be a major league player and wanted to play for the Braves. And then one day he realized he just found himself playing at that stadium. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Playing, not playing, right? Playing. And I just, it's amazing. And then the cherry on top is that TD walks out and he sings a song with me. (laughs) (laughs) It could happen. TD, what song would that be? And can you give us a little? A little oh, they, I knew that that was coming, Pastor <laughs> Pastor Troy. <laughs> oh, Vice versa, it'll definitely be Take Back Home, girl. There we go. That's my jam, man. I love that. It will bring Sky, his daughter, out to sing the Tori yeah. Kelly part. That's my jam. Love that song. Yeah. Can you give us that a little? song? I mean that that song. <laughs> that song. I should keep. Trying to <laughs> I'm gonna let you off the hook. So, you do have a good voice. I so let, that I mean, song. That song really though, like. Like it resonates, like being from a small country town. Like you, like you, it all, like listening to it, it almost just takes you to that place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go to college and you meet a girl and now you, you know, you're excited. You're taking her back home. You know, football is huge in the South. So you take her back home. Everybody's waiting to meet her. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just crazy. Like, I, I love that song. See, that's what you want songs to do. Yes. What he just described, that is absolutely what you want a song to do. 
That's when you know you have a good one. If if it takes you somewhere and makes you think what he just described, uh, for for an example, I mean, that's what you want your music to do at the end of the day. Did so that you, makes me happy. Oh, it works. It should. Did you know that that did you know that you had a hit on your hands when you were making that song? I mean, you never know at the end of the day, like when you're releasing a song, what people are actually going to love and what they're not going to love. Um, but you got to record stuff and put stuff out that you believe in and in hopes that other people will love it as well. And uh, that was the case. I mean, that was my uh, first platinum song, which has been the biggest song in my career thus far. And uh, the one I have right now, I don't know about you, is... Uh, quickly growing and I, I never saw this song really even coming at this point but it uh is definitely morphing and growing into even being even bigger than take back homegirl was and it, it kind of just uh, organically happened and, and the fans really chose this as my next single i had no clue exactly what i was going to put out but from the moment i released that song to showing up to sing um some of those new songs uh at a show people were screaming the words every night i play that song and i was just like wow i've never had a song from the beginning that people showed up and they would scream the words to and it organically happened like that and we were like well this is i mean they really? chose this at the end of the day this is the one we got to go with and it's uh i mean every night it blows me away it's, it's been insane what's that like when you're on stage and you realize that everyone's just singing back to you what does that feel like Probably what it feels like to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a great feeling. I, I, it's crazy, though, like when I'm watching the videos that you're posting and you just let the crowd sing. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, like, it has to be an amazing feeling. For an artist, one, one million percent, that's the, that's the coolest moment ever. It really does not get better than that. The only way it gets better is you're playing in a stadium and the whole stadium's doing it now rather than a yeah. whole club of people. Yeah. And it's because you're, because it's like you're, you're putting your, your stuff, your creation out yeah, there. Definitely. I thought it was cool that you had said that now that song kind of takes on a different meaning for you. And you're moving and all that, and you. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. Yeah. Love. You know what? Um, I haven't been in a relationship for. I think I was legit in high school. The last relationship I had and over college you know i mean yes i've been on plenty of dates throughout all those years but nothing ever stuck and i always thought to myself you know what i think i'm meant to actually be single it's my personality i'm literally crazy like i'm a germaphobe i'm a clean freak i couldn't <laughs> find a girl like i would write them off immediately and not not on purpose but i would write them off immediately if they weren't exactly what I want like I, I just know like I just know exactly what I want and I had never met that and I never thought that I ever would meet someone like that until I met Lauren who is perfect in literally every way of of what I imagined that I would want and it's hmm. and it's weird how that happened because I don't think either one of us thought that we were going to date each other but uh, organically just happened. We went on a Bahamas trip together with some friends and uh, we kind of hit it off. I mean, I, I don't think in that moment I knew it was going to be to the level that it is right now. But uh, the more time we spent together, uh, 
it just kept getting better and better. Then I took her home for Christmas. She met my family. Then I flew to Portland uh, for New Year's to meet her family. And wow. I love her family. They're, they're such great people, and it made me love her even more. And then the more time we've been able to spend together now, I think we just realize, like, I mean, at this point, I know I'm going to marry her. So now she's <laughs> so now she's decided to this move so to Nashville, exciting. which is a huge step because she's I haven't had to pick my life up and move it. Yeah. She's picking her life up and moving it here. And I'm super thankful for that. Um, she's able to do that because I absolutely have to be in Nashville to do uh, my job. So she's going to move here. I think it's going to be a great step in our relationship and a, and a step towards uh, marriage. One million percent. And I can't wait. Do you have uh, some good advice? Um, I'm just excited. Yeah. I'm just excited. Give me some good advice. Listen, I'm excited that he's not posting the stick figures on Instagram anymore. <laughs> I'm actually glad that he actually has somebody yes. that he can love. Yeah. So I'm excited for it's you. It's no bro. longer stick figures anymore. <laughs> That's really awesome. The coolest thing is the way that you talk about her. That is really awesome. Yeah, that is. Yeah, you know? she's great. She's great. You know what? The, the best part about her is... She has the funniest personality of anybody I've ever been around. Like she's just a funny person. She I don't even think she's trying to be. It just comes off that way. I think I think the advice that I have for you is just don't ever lose sight of what made you fall in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever lose sight of that. I think it'll be at least for me right now in this moment, I think that'll be so easy. Good. That's I don't think I'll ever lose that. But you never know. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> now you've got us both. I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like forgetting that. Oh yeah, this is, I'm supposed to be talking to you here. Um, no, I think that's wonderful. Congratulations. Don't Thank go to you. bed mad. That's the thing that people always say. But sometimes yeah, that's sure. don't go to bed mad. Yeah, you know, don't go to bed mad. Yeah. I don't no. get mad a whole lot. Yeah, I'm pretty. I mean, I, I get mad maybe during Panthers games, but yes, so I don't get mad <laughs> like generally in life. I I, I kind of have that that belief that. Uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, and I know that, you know, I believe in God, and mm-hmm. he's always going to uh, take care of his children at the end of the day. Now, I don't understand how that's thrown out the window when I'm watching a Panthers game. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to the Panthers. Yeah. No, that's great, and congratulations. I mean, Thank you. That's really I appreciate awesome. that. It is awesome. And I think the coolest thing is like once you realize and when you do, if you get engaged or whatever path you take, it's like, wow, just knowing that you have that person, you know, that yeah, you have a buddy. That's important. And, and I've been able to uh, meet his wife, Kelly, who is uh, an absolute amazing person as well. And, and I understand after meeting her uh, why he loves her like he does. Well, um, my husband is also a super fan of yours because he went to Wofford. And so he not only is a Panthers fan, but he also went to school where you spent a lot of your practice days. days. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully they'll still be practicing at Wofford. Who knows? Well, I hope that, uh, I hope for our sake, I wish nothing but the best for you and your (sighs) career and wherever you end up, you know, as, as your friend and as a fan i'm uh excited for you and and hope nothing but the best but i will be cheering for you on the days that the day that you play against the panthers but i still hope we win at the end of the day <laughs> you're supposed to hey listen that looked like it was painful for you to say hey, 
right? You're absolutely supposed to. If not, I'll just bring that snake back out for you, though. Oh, my gosh, yes. He did. Have you ever seen the video? No. Oh, my what? God. It was hilarious. So I posted, I posted this video re- recently of me trying to scare Lauren with this fake snake. It's like this Wait, thing. is that the Valentine's Day video? Yes. Yes, but I didn't realize that that's what it was. I saw the video. The first the person to ever do that joke to me was him. He had the fake snake outside the golf cart. I come walking around the edge. It was classic. I did not expect to see it, and it I like classic. screamed. It was classic. Really loud. So then, where did you keep the snake when well, you? St- so I ended up, heck, a year later, I ended up getting my own snake that I borrowed from uh, another guy I played golf with out in Phoenix, and. Lauren's dad, you find it. I'm looking for it. Let me see. Lauren's dad. <laughs> I was playing golf with him, and we had this snake. And he was like, "We should take it home and try to scare the girls, meaning his wife." And I love Lauren. it. I love it. I was like, "That's actually a great idea." So we planned it out. They were out shopping. I put my phone up in my golf bag and uh, just hit play. It was like a 30-minute video that I had to trim down because I didn't know when they would be walking. And in. they walked just, through that door. They walked through the door and. Yeah, the rest is history. I, I meant to scare Lauren, but it absolutely annihilated her mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that though, because on the video I saw, you couldn't tell. Ex- I couldn't tell exactly what it was that you had scared them with, but the reaction was priceless. Oh I was yeah, like, that's great. Yeah, the yeah. Snake. No, that, that was a uh, dang. Do I not? That was a it? funny video. Humor also massive Can't find key it. to a healthy I'm relationship. I'm looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's in here somewhere. <laughs> we can find it and post it for sure. Oh heck yeah. You guys are the best. This was really fun. Well, thanks for uh, yeah, I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. This has been really cool. Thank you for doing it. It's awesome to hear, and I'm so pumped for you and all you've got going on and the touring coming up and everything. And you're single. I mean, those songs are awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And TD, man, good luck. I can't wait to see where you end up. Hey, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. This, uh, I'm I'm highly motivated this year. I can tell you that for sure. I'm mostly excited to see when you guys do your first duet. You know, so that's what I'm. <laughs> it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird though. Like normally, you don't hear guys um, when they leave or or have a ending to a, a relationship or a marriage. I'll call it in this situation. Like I had, like the first thought when I originally heard it, I'm like. I don't want to play against the Panthers. I don't want to play against that team because it'll be so many emotions. Oh, and yeah. then listening to people talk, I'm like, I can't wait to play against them. <laughs> you know, it just instantly I get changed. Like, oh, man, I'm so I'm I'm just excited right now. Looking forward to it. Like I was, I went from like extremely hurt and sad and disappointed and and, and rightfully and so. Like all like lightweight, almost depressed to like. Okay, this is something new. Like this is this is God telling you, okay, let's try something different. You know, we we're gonna gonna make you comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. So, speaking of trying something different, I actually before we finish this, yeah, yeah, I have the best idea ever <laughs> on something that you can actually do. Okay, I'm listening. I don't know if you saw my man's videos yesterday of him shooting half-court oh. shots and making them like with ease but i say we sign a petition to keep my man in charlotte and he becomes with a part the of the hornets, hornets. <laughs> Ooh, that was i went to the game last night too they had they had they were in there for a while i say we saw we could you do it 
Would you want to do it? <laughs> those those dudes are so freaking tall. I would be out there. I would look like Kimba out there. <laughs> like literally, like Kimba is like almost my height. Yeah, but like you could take them. You could like the you could intimidate people. Yeah, though. that's what like, I was gonna yeah. say. People are gonna they be, would be like, a little bit. You know, just run down the uh, court as fast as you can. Nobody's gonna step in your way. It was it was so funny though. Last night, um, Demarcus Cousins. I don't know if y'all saw the highlights. Like he picked up a shoe and like threw it, and the freaking shoe was about to hit Kelly in the head, and I caught the shoe. Are you serious? Like it's, it's been all over ESPN. Like oh, man. He got a tech for it, so that's what they're talking about mostly, but they ain't realize that I was the one that caught the shoe. Oh, my like it gosh. Was literally, like he threw it, like and it was literally about to hit her in the head. I think yeah. that's a good petition idea. T- TD for the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. I'm cool with a lot of those guys, though. They, they're really good dudes, too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I forgot. Got to talk in the mic. <laughs> I'm guys, trying to find this you. video. You got it. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll do this again. So much fun hanging with us, guys. But what you uh, did not see is uh, they were so into the conversation that the two of them decided they were going to go have hot chicken in Nashville um, after our conversation. I would have loved to have gone, but I decided to just let them have their time alone right before Thomas had to catch his flight back. Um, Thomas, by the way, much appreciated that he hopped on a plane for this. And stay tuned because Chris Lane, he's got his tour all summer. He'll be touring with Brad Paisley. But for Thomas, you know, he could be in a new NFL uniform. So that will be a lot of fun to watch. If you had fun listening to this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Players. This really is a tease of things to come because if you enjoyed this one, check out your feed in a couple weeks we cannot wait to tell you what we have in store. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And do not forget to leave a review while you're there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for all of their production work, especially Bobby T. I'm going to see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>